Hello, hello, hello. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Leap Spirits. Not only does August bring the start of football season, but for fans of Leap Spirits and the Green Bay Packers, this month there's a special reason to celebrate. Um, and that is uh, Packers legend and Leap Spirits co-founder Leroy Butler being enshrined into the NFL Hall of Fame. Yeah, and Dane, to commemorate the special occasion and gear up for football season, Leap Spirits created a Hall of Fame limited edition bottle featuring Leroy. This special edition bottle comes with the same great recipe distilled from Midwest corn and incorporating a proprietary coconut filtering process that provides vibrant fragrance and flavor. Not only is it a must-have in any Packer fan's home bars as we grow up for the football season, when it's gone, the bottle will make a perfect addition to your memorabilia collection. It's an awesome bottle, Wags. I love how it looks. And, and folks, Leap Vodka, um, let, let me tell you a little bit about this. It's been recognized for excellence by industry experts from coast to coast and was recently awarded Wisconsin's Vodka of the Year. Number one vodka in Wisconsin. To find Leap Vodka and Leap and Lemonade in retail stores or restaurants anywhere in Wisconsin, visit leapspirits.com. That's L-E-A-P-S-P-I-R-I-T-S.com and click to find Leap Vodka. See show notes for details. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave it with you. Good luck. Only thing I will What's up? Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. Dane and Wags are here on a beautiful Monday evening. We're that much closer to NFL regular season football, but before we get to regular season, Wags, we've got some cutdowns. We've got some guys making some battling for, for a roster spots. So how are you doing on this Monday night after an action-packed week of Green Bay Packer football? Um, I'm ready to talk Packers. It's been a long week, Dane, of, of having some time off, and, and uh, that is why we didn't uh, pod at the end of last week. But uh, it's good, Dane, and we've got takeaways from – Preseason game number two, we'll, we'll quickly go through that. Uh, and then I think uh, definitely want to touch on who's helped themselves the most uh, in this last week or so uh, after the last preseason game against the Saints. Um, looking ahead, who's got the most get to gain here yeah. uh, with, with one game to go in the preseason? You said roster cuts are coming early next week. They're due next Tuesday to be down to 53 guys on the roster. So uh, that's coming sooner than you think. And so there's not a lot of time left for guys to, to make an impact and uh, really be able to show why they deserve to be one of those uh, final spots that are up for grabs. Wags, how good was Jordan Love? I thought Love played really good football. It's a preseason game, but we've been waiting to see Jordan play, you know, um, extended snaps. So let's just jump right into that. I know the Packers had, um, you know, the New Orleans Saints were in Green Bay for some pretty spirited uh, joint practices over the last week and with the culmination on Friday evening. And I'll tell you what, I thought that Jordan Love, even on balls that weren't caught, 
He had some really crisp balls. I thought he made pretty good decisions. He showed off his arm strength. I mean, I'm not ready to put the man in the Hall of Fame, but I'll tell you what, I think that Jordan Love looks a heck of a lot better right now than at any other time in his Green Bay career. I completely agree. Uh, It was too bad that on paper it didn't come together, but we had quite a few drops, uh, missed opportunities from some of the receivers. Uh, We could go through and list all of them, but uh, I think it's pretty well publicized at this point. And so we're not going to break down the film here, but uh, certainly could have been a a lot more eye popping uh, in his three quarters of work. uh, If even half of those plays get made that that should have been uh, but uh, he looked crisp he he showed off the arm strength that uh, we were hoping that we'd be able to see and he was playing instinctually and naturally I think that was the last piece that we've been waiting to see is he's moving around and when things start to break down he's still making plays decisively and he seems like he has a better feel and command for where everyone should be on the field and uh, we've seen him really pinpoint some some very nice throws um, in some of those situations too. Uh, two certainly that come to mind were rolling left um, and a long throw downfield to Samari Toure. Uh, looked like it was not an easy catch, but one that Toure certainly should have had. That would have been a big gain. And then another was, um, you know, he's scrambling and things are breaking down and they're in the red zone. And uh, he uh, tries to make a throw and, and complete a really tough pass and catch to Patrick Taylor along the sideline. And uh, that's an awful hard catch uh, for someone like Patrick Taylor to make. Um, there's receivers in this league that may have been able to make that catch, but um, certainly it was a, a pretty amazing throw when you break it down and look at it in slow motion. Um, it He put it in the only spot where the defense could not, you know, make a play on the ball. And that still realistically gave Patrick Taylor a chance to come down with the ball. So um, those are the types of plays that not every quarterback in this league can make. And so it's exciting when not only you start to see it come together, but um, then you're starting to see flashes uh, of a guy that could not only be a starter, but perhaps a difference maker at the quarterback position if he continues to develop. Yeah, I thought he, you know, something that you didn't touch on quite yet is I thought his pocket presence looked a lot better too. He looks more calm in the pocket. Um, I, I thought that there were a couple times there where the Saints were able to uh, collapse the pocket a little bit or come off the edge. And, and Jordan just looked more comfortable moving his feet and, and um, maybe plays in the last couple of years, um, not just Jordan, but a lot of young quarterbacks, you'll see guys kind of fall into pressure. Um, what, you know, they don't necessarily feel the pressure as well. And I thought Jordan, um, overall, it looked like the Packer protection was really good. And I think the offensive line overall played pretty well. But at the same token, Wags, um, I thought that Jordan also, I had a really good feel and a presence in the pocket could kind of feel where that pressure was coming from a lot and was able to deliver a fair number of strikes or good catchable balls. Also made some decisions to, um, you know, get rid of the ball at at opportune times as well. So um, just, I thought a a really encouraging game. You're right. The stats didn't jump out, but anybody who watched the game uh, who was looking at it from an unbiased standpoint has to be impressed with what Jordan was able to string together last week. Yeah. And I'm not going to play the half glass full 
card, but it is still just one game. So uh, we'll see how he is able to wrap up the preseason this week, and hopefully he plays as well as he did uh, in the game against the Saints and perhaps gets a little bit more help from, from some of his guys at the same time. So, Dane, I'm also going to throw out, um, you know, just looking around the roster, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, um, you can't help but be impressed with really all of these young inside linebackers. And uh, certainly Quay Walker isn't playing a lot here in the preseason, and he's got the leg up on the starting position. But um, I thought McDuffie, and Chris Barnes came in and they got the lion's share of the snaps, um, especially in the first half and, uh, and early in the third quarter and just played exceptionally. And uh, you've got to give both of those guys a lot of credit because they're not looking at really a starting opportunity in this defense, but our depth there, you've got to feel really comfortable. This is a position group that's been a weakness of this defense uh, for years and years, and and uh, what a difference a year or two makes. Uh, now we've got four really, really solid guys there. Um, so I feel a lot better uh, about inside linebacker. And um, should we sustain a, a injury, knock on wood, uh, to to either Walker or Devondre Campbell, you've got to feel really good about either Barnes or McDuffie being able to step in um, and take some reps and, and uh, be able to fill in for either one of those guys. Yeah, Wags, Coach Joe Barry, defensive coordinator, comes in. He comes from an inside linebacker background. And wouldn't you know it, year two of this guy and you know one of the strengths of this defense, and it looks like a very good defense across the board, is that inside linebacker spot. Um, the, the big question, I think, becomes do they keep four or five guys in that inside linebacker spot? And I would argue four of them are pretty much locked up at this point between uh, between Walker and Devondre Campbell um, and, and Chris Barnes and then Wags McDuffie. I don't know how they cut him at this point. He's played sound football. He's been, fa he's been fast. He's been moving sideline to sideline really well. So now the question is, you know, do they keep a fifth um, for, for special teams or other purposes? But the depth there up the middle, the heart of this defense is going to be incredibly hard uh, to, to run against, I think. And I would argue they're more athletic than they've been in the last few years of that group. Uh, so running with pass catchers, running with running backs out of the backfield, I just think that they're going to be a lot stronger um, there. Been really excited to see what they're able to do so far. And you mentioned Walker. We've gotten a taste of him, but I think that, you know, they're really going to hold him back. I think that they think he can be special. And, and yeah, they draft him the first round, but everything that's come out of camp so far that we've heard about him, he seems to just be in line with what they've been looking for out of that second linebacker um, in the inside. He's going to be athletic. He's going to allow this Packers defense to do a lot of different things that they haven't been able to do over the last couple of years. Yeah, and we're getting a couple of comments in our Facebook Love it. chat. Thank you, guys. Some guys that maybe we'll get to that perhaps haven't helped themselves as much in the last week or so. But uh, before we do get to those, and by the way, if anyone else has any comments on guys that you feel like have really helped themselves in the positioning uh, run for this 53-man roster um, in the last week or even throughout the preseason, go ahead and pop that in there. But, Dane, I want to ask about this outside linebacker group. 
And um, we know at the top of the depth chart, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, they've got their spots locked in. Uh, but a lot of question marks coming into camp behind them, right? And it's turned into quite a battle. Uh, Jonathan Garvin started camp and remains um, behind those two first in line on the depth chart. But I would argue that based on what some of the other guys are doing, both in practice reports and, and on the field in these preseason games, that um, it's turned into quite a battle. And, and I've been very pleased with, with what we're seeing out of some of those guys because I was quite honestly pretty worried about that group um, behind uh, our top two guys, but yeah. um, feeling a lot more comfortable now based on what we've seen on the field. So what's standing out to you? Because I, I think we've got a number of guys there that are competing. And really, I, I think Jonathan Garvin might be on the outside yeah. looking in uh, from this, from one person's perspective here. Um, certainly we're not being able to evaluate everything that happens every day in practice, but um, just hasn't really had, quite uh you know the impact that some of these other young guys are having out there on the field yeah and wags and and that's the exciting part of that is it's not like well garvin's not having you know maybe a at least to our eye the most exciting camp but nobody else is either type scenario it's actually kind of the opposite of that i i would say that um, a number of these other younger pass rushers have really been popping off especially in the last couple of weeks um uh, I really like what Kobe Jones has been able to do uh, for, for the, the Packers um, over the last few weeks. He looks, he looks pretty um, athletic and fluid off the edge. He's been making a ton of impact in practices over the last few weeks, uh, especially in some of those joint practices uh, with the Saints. He was like unstoppable a couple of those days. And, um, you know, you got to keep putting those, those days together but love to see what Kobe's been able to do so far uh, for the Packers. And he's making it really difficult on this coaching staff. And you'd love to see that, right? And and I would say uh, Enigbare, Packers fifth round pick, they call him JJ. Um, JJ, my gosh, there, there was one play against the Saints where he wasn't able to sack the quarterback, but his dip underneath the offensive tackle, he showed off speed that you just can't coach. He showed off an athletic talent that um, isn't learnable. And when I saw him do that, and, and, and in addition to how good he's been playing over the last, I don't know, seven to 10 days in camp, um, you have to go, oh man, they have something there. He's got some draft capital, but he wouldn't be the first fifth round guy to get cut, right? So it's no guarantee in the fifth round you're going to stick on the roster. But I think he's put together enough body of work over the last seven to 10 days to make a real run at this roster and actually, you know, play meaningful snaps early on in this season. And then finally, Ladarius Hamilton. We've been singing his praises going all the way back to last year when he came in from Tampa Bay. I really like what this guy does. He's just an all-around good football player on the edge. Um, yes, he's a good pass rusher. He's getting better at that. But last week, you see him. He sets the edge incredibly well. Um, he reminds me, he doesn't have the same body type as Preston Smith, um, but he's he's this physical guy who just finds a way to get it done. I think that um, he still has an opportunity to grow in this defense as well. So when you start looking at guys, and this isn't a knock on Jonathan Garvin, who very well ends up making this football team, but I think the Packers over the last few years, they know what they have in Garvin. Now, you know, there's some of these other guys that are just showing out in camp, and they're going to really force the 
Packers' hands to maybe break up the status quo a little bit. So, you know, there's other guys in camp at this pass rushing in this edge position. But at the end of the day, the three guys, because I think the Packers keep five rushers coming out of camp. Uh, obviously, Rashawn and Preston are safe, but um, in no particular order, I'd say JJ, the fifth round pick. I'd say Darius Hamilton. I'd say Kobe Jones. Those are the three guys that have really popped to me that I think the Packers could do a lot worse than those three going uh, into the regular season. Yeah, and that doesn't even mention Tipa Nalei, who was also Good point. Uh, I had starting a camp in the depth chart and really started off camp really well, I yeah. thought. So um, it's going to be interesting. I think the, the bigger thing here is, as you said, those three guys have started to make an impact in practice, in the games, and even if they don't, make that final 53 man roster they really turned this into a competition and they pushed garvin they pushed nalei ahead of them um and those uh, to the point where we're not sure either of those guys are going to make the roster and they would have been projected to probably at the start of camp so um that's what this is all about right is, Wait, is uh, sorry is, to is, cut you off but i would have had tifa making the team two weeks ago but these yeah. other guys have just stepped up and they've shown so much that it's like, I don't know how you keep any of them off right now. So, you know, just it, it, for what it it's worth. down to a numbers game. Who do they think they might be able to sneak into the 50, uh, you know, from the practice squad. Um, and, and really the bigger thing is there's just not as much separation uh, from three to five or six as, as what we thought there might be at the start of camp, which is a great thing. That's a positive development as far as everybody should be concerned. Um, okay, Dan, I think there's maybe a couple other guys that we could talk about uh, that have really helped themselves, but a um, couple guys in the chat. Um, so one is Tyler Davis, and that's been the talk of a lot of Packer fans here in the last week, just as a had a tough week. Um, obviously you and I, uh, really, uh, are, are pulling for Tyler. We've had him on the podcast. Um, we, we thought that he was really secured, uh, coming into camp as, as well, as long as he continued doing what he was doing at the second half of last season. Um, John Doran and Facebook chat said Tyler Davis needs to go, but sounds like they're going to keep him. Um, so, you know, it, it's interesting, John, I, I think when we look at some of the mistakes that these players make, when you're fringe guys, they tend to get magnified, right? Mm -hmm. And yet there's guys that are very secure in their jobs that make similar mistakes, and we would never talk about cutting them. Um, so I, I think Tyler Davis is going to be an interesting case study because by all accounts, he puts in the work. So he's a, 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 an impact special teams player, uh, which which is important. Um, he wasn't part of the problem on special teams last year. Um, you know, he has the ability. I think this coaching staff has put a lot of faith in him at the tight end position as a blocker um, and what he's been able to do to get integrated as a potential cat pass catcher. Yes, he's had a couple of, of costly mistakes in the last couple of games, um, you know, with with his hands, um, with the false starts. And those are things that I'm not saying that you can just live with all the time. Um, I don't know. This isn't me necessarily just going to bat for Tyler Davis. I'm just going to point out here that he has some equity, I think, in the building. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what this front office says, what they do, what the coaching staff does. Um, I think this last week is definitely going to be important for Tyler. Um, but is one bad week enough to part ways with someone that 
quite honestly, we were talking about, you know, potentially being that next diamond in the rough at the right. tight end position as soon as a couple of weeks ago when the Packers were comfortable parting ways with Dominic Daphne. So, um, Dane, I, I don't know if you have anything to add or what your thoughts are on this situation. I, I just uh, I guess I'm just pointing out that as fans, let's not get caught up in the moment of a couple of mistakes in a preseason game uh, when we're talking about a guy that in the big picture could really help this team down the road. Yeah. I, I mean, I, all of that. Uh, I totally stamp that. I would agree. I really pull in for Tyler and he hasn't forgotten how to play football. Okay. And I thought that last year he played really good football for the Packers in some very meaningful moments. I mean, talk about a diamond in the rough last year coming what from Jacksonville's practice squad. If I recall, he comes into to green Bay. I mean, I really thought that he was a, a major contributor on special teams, had some f- splash plays on offense as well. Um, it'd be extremely disappointing if he doesn't make the team, because I think that he can help this team out. And I'd sure hate to see him go somewhere else in the NFC North, to be honest with you. Cause I think that he's a guy who could play in this league for a long time right now, a couple mental mistakes. They might be compounding too, right? He's thinking about it a little bit more. This is, as you said, wait, it's a huge week next couple of weeks for Tyler Davis to go and, and, you know, kind of uh, change the trend. And we know how fans are, right? Like, he makes a touchdown this week. Everybody's going to be like, Tyler Davis, let's keep him around. I think he's capable of doing that. Um, we're, we're both, we are pulling for him, trying to be as unbiased as possible, but I think he's a talented guy. He's a good dude. And I think that he's going to go and, and, um, and, and, you know, kind of flip the script going into this next game, uh, this next preseason game. And I still think he's going to go out there and earn a job. Yeah. Um, and, and we, listen, we know he puts in the work off the field, uh, smart guy. Yeah, he's very he's, smart. he's someone that certainly uh, I think can overcome some of those issues. Um, you know, when it come push come to shove, it, it just depends again, how many tight ends are they going to keep on the roster? What direction are they going to go? Uh, but uh, that will certainly be one to keep an eye on for sure. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily throw, throw Tyler Davis out the window just yet. We'll see what happens. Um, another one uh, that I had on my list to talk about, and I don't know if he hurt himself, helped himself, definitely, I, well, I should say, hasn't helped himself. I don't know if he's for sure hurt himself. Um, Mitch in our Facebook chat asked, what are our thoughts on Amari Rogers? Mm-hmm. And Dane, offline, I posed a question to you today. Are you surprised, first of all, that we haven't been seeing more reps for other guys at punt return. And it seems like Amari Rogers just has this job by default. He's had a couple decent returns so far in the preseason. He looks like he's slightly more confident at times, but I, you know, honestly, in this last game, he looked a little bit more uncomfortable on a couple of those um, punt return situations and uh, wasn't necessarily fielding the ball cleanly. I, I, I get that. Uh, the Saints have a heck of a punter, and his name's uh, escaping my, me right now. Uh, he boomed a couple of, of pretty amazing punts. At the same time, um, I, I, I don't know, because as a receiver, yeah, he's dropped the weight. I get that whole narrative. He might have a little bit more burst, but I just haven't seen him do anything as a receiver. The only thing that he's done um, offensively is is they, they give him a pitch, and he does end around a couple of times. Um, but I'm sorry, that's not enough for me uh, at this point. He he dropped a pass that he should have caught. Um, Jordan Love over the middle. 
Um, it doesn't seem like he's been getting open that much. So I'm not sure if he's getting separation yet. Um, so uh, what are your thoughts, Dane? Because there, I'm not, I, I tried to position Amari positively in the last couple of times we talked about him, but I'm sorry. I'm just not totally seeing um, it, it right now and, and not sure why we're not seeing more of a push to see who could win that other, uh, could win that punt return position or push him a little bit. Um, if he's not someone that they want to keep on this roster. I mean, is it possible that the return guy is not on the team right now? I, I, which which is almost uh, absurd to me just based on how much of a double down on special teams we've had this offseason, all of the talk about that. So I, I say that kind of in jest, but um, I, I mean, I was actually pretty frustrated with Amari Rogers' performance in part return of this last week. Um, he tried to field one inside like the four yard line, give or take, and one almost hit him. Like it just, it didn't look right. Okay. And, and yeah, last year, I think that you and I both were trying to be patient with him for, for a lot of it. I'm not going to try to like pile on the guy, but it's year two. Um, we've had a lot of special teams issues. We need him to clean, field the ball cleanly. At the very least, we need a guy who can return the ball cleanly. And um, I just haven't seen enough from him, especially it's a competitive wide receiver group this year that um, outside of the return uh, capabilities, uh, I'm not sure what he's going to add to the offense right now. Um, and, you know, this is a, what have you done for me lately league? And I'm sorry if this is harsh criticism, but it's, it's a reality is I just, I haven't seen it from Amari going into year two. I was hoping to see a little bit more. We're rooting for him to turn it around, but I just, right now, it just doesn't feel like I've seen the big leap that I was kind of hoping for. And, and in fact, I don't feel like I've seen much of movement, um, you know, in that position group right now. So I'm hoping that he's able to, to kind of turn it around, but I'm just, I'm not comfortable going into week one against Minnesota Vikings with him returning punts after what I saw last week. And it's just the harsh truth. Yeah. Unfortunately, unless in this final preseason game, they've got someone in mind uh, to take that punt return position. seems like Amari Rogers is going to, beyond this this roster by default um so there are a couple of questions here and i think Great we're going to hold those yeah. um about how many receivers that we're going to keep because that was one of the last things that we wanted to talk about is projecting ahead a little bit and amari rogers certainly plays a part in that discussion uh because dane uh, you and i i'll tease this had a little bit of different uh, thoughts on that offline today. Um, and you could make an argument either way. So I'm looking forward to that discussion. But before we get it into that and a couple of other items and news and notes, I think we ought to take a break and um, hear from our other sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, DraftKings is the official sports betting partner of the NFL and football fans. Uh, the next generation of fantasy football is here with Rainmaker Football. Um, that's DraftKings' first ever NFT fantasy games, and it's available only on DraftKings.com. Uh, the only NFT fantasy game licensed by the NFLPA. Uh, so, Dane, you can win millions in prizes for free playing uh, Rainmaker's foot fantasy football on DraftKings Sportsbook. Wags, it's true and it's awesome. Um, we're looking into all of this now. Fantasy football season right around the corner. Um, folks, you're able to you're able to just build this entire roster NFT style. It's so cool. Um, you guys have to go to DraftKings.com slash NFT games and, and check it out. Um, the, the website's cool. Everything about this is really exciting. DraftKings 
is always on the forefront of, of sports betting. They're phenomenal with fantasy sports as well. So folks, go over to DraftKings.com slash NFT games, and you can just see what's going on. There's so many different betting options. Wags, it's so much fun. Um, last night, I was kind of searching through and looking at some of my options for the upcoming season. It's a great time. For sure. So go download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app now. Sign up co- promo code TPPN. Click on the Rainmakers tile to opt in and get your first card for free. Um, that's promo code TPPN. Build, play, win only at DraftKings. Contest entries dependent on type and number of NFTs held. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. All right. So, Dane, before we get into some of the uh, prognostications of how the front office is going to construct this roster, I think we ought to talk about some of the news of the last week. Uh, Players returning from injury. Um, We've got David Bakhtiari back at practice yesterday. We've got Christian Watson. Um, He's been back at practice uh, since last week. Uh, Individual drills, but got in his first team drill action here in the last couple of days. Um, we've got Robert Tunyon. He's been back, um, obviously, for uh, over a week plus now, but um, uh, is is working back into potentially getting some tra- team drills this week as well. So I, that's not three small additions, Dane. So uh, what what are your thoughts as things stand on, on all of those uh, items? Uh, particularly, I think David Bakhtiari is the one that fans have been waiting for and and really hoping for uh, for quite some time. Yeah. I mean, the entire offensive line changes of David Bakhtiari is able to come back healthy. The entire makeup of this offensive line shifts. Um, It's, it's earth shattering. Uh, Not every day that a team adds an all pro left tackle to, to their offense. And so um, we're keeping an eye on that development. I know that David on Sunday, practiced. And I know on Monday today, he practiced again. That's great news. Um, Right now, you know, even stacking days, I think after what's been going on is encouraging news uh, from the David Bakhtiari front. So if we're able to bring him in, I mean, you know, set left tackle set for the Packers. Now we're talking about four positions. Um, And, you know, we have a pretty good idea of who else can play there, but you pose the question offline wags. Yeah. If Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins come back, is it possible that Yash Nyman kicks over to right tackle and Elton Jenkins goes into the interior? I mean, it's not totally out of the realm of possibility uh, because they have that many guys that are flexible and that many guys that are talented across the offensive line. I mean, I'll tell you what, um, I think that, um, you know, Zach Tom has looked really good ways. I mean, like we start talking about some of these guys, they ha- they're deep at offensive line right now and just that much deeper if, if, if David Bakhtiari is able to come back. And I'll tell you what, if Yash Nyman ends up being the swing tackle, he's starting for almost every team in this league somewhere around the offensive line. So talk about a luxury if that's what ends up happening. But the Packers are going to be able to mix and match their best five, which they're very, very good at. And it all starts if David Bakhtiari comes back healthy. Yeah, it's I don't know if he'll be back week one. <laughs> we'll we'll see. I, I have a just a feeling that this might stretch out a little bit further yet. Um the last thing you want to do is rush someone back. And I know it's hard to be patient. I've had a hard time being patient. I'll be perfectly honest with you, but we see it all the time. Players usually in a holdout situation come back, you know, mid to late camp 
and then they have another injury because they haven't gotten the conditioning that they need um, to build up and, and be ready in full football condition. So, um, so we'll see uh, if or when he's able to come back. But that's the million-dollar question, Dan. Who are those top five guys? Well, now we've got a lot of flexibility. I think, you know, it, it makes sense that Elton is just going to go to right tackle. Right. You bookend uh, your line with Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari. You've got some young talent in the <laughs> interior. You're in good condition. Call it a day. Let's go. Let's go play some football. Right. Um, so certainly I'd have no questions or qualms with that if that's what ends up happening. Um, the question, though, is, is who are those top five guys? Now it's an interesting development. It's Yash Nyman. He's really in a battle with Royce Newman. Or, uh, or even with um, uh, John Runyon Jr. Right. Um, on the interior, um, or or Tom. I don't know that Tom's necessarily a week one starter, but Elton Jenkins wasn't a week one starter as a rookie. Right. Um, and Tom, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but he's, he's kind of trending in that yes. direction that yes. he could be one of these top five guys, and they're not going to keep him off the field if he's one of the top five guys. So, um, so you, there's a world. Dean, where all of a sudden you've got Bach, you've got Tom, um, certainly you've got Josh Myers, you've got Jenkins in the interior, and you've got Josh Nyman over at right tackle. And talk about a physical group up front. That would be a physical group up front and um, not taking away anything because, you know, honestly, I thought Royce Newman started to play really well uh, second half of last year. John John Run Jr., I've got a lot of faith in what he can do. He's played some quality football out there. So, um, you know, they've got a lot of options, I think is the point. And so it's going to be interesting to see as they mix and match um, who those top five guys are, if and when hopefully uh, both David and Elton are able to come back healthy. Wags, give me Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Myers, Runyon, Yash Nyman, week one. And I am salivating. That's my five. I love it. Nothing against Zach Tom. Dude's going to be a baller. But let's start with those guys and see where we go. Yeah, that's a kind of interesting way of putting it, too. If you can line Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins up next to each other yes. on the left side, Ridiculous. they're just going to maul. Ridiculous. I mean, are you kidding me? That's yeah. that's not even fair. So, um, so yeah, it's, 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 there's a lot of options. Uh, I certainly think that it's probably most likely that Jenkins ends up at right tackle. But, um, it, you know, we'll see who the coaching staff thinks gives them the best opportunity to go out there and win football games. So, um, Dane, I think uh, that leads us to another question, swinging back to the wide receivers. So uh, Mike Pentowski put in the chat, amongst others, asking how many wide receivers we think they will keep. Um, We've got a couple that are saying seven. Um, you've said six offline as yeah. of today. Yeah. Um, you reserve the right to change your mind, I think, over the last week. Um, I said seven. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to explain, but Dane, what what do you think right now? What's what's your case for six wide receivers as of today? Yeah, so my case for six is uh I think we're I can name five right away, right? That are that are locks, as far as I'm concerned. And that's Alan Lazard. It's Sammy Watkins. It's um, uh, did I say Randall Cobb? It's Cobb, Lazard, Watkins, um, and then um, uh, Watson and Romeo um, Dobbs. 
Okay, that's our those five are locked. They're not going anywhere. Um, so then the question becomes: Is it Amari Rogers? Is it Toure? Is it Winfrey? And those are kind of the last guys. I think Danny Davis goes to practice squad. So now the question becomes: You know, out of those three, I think the Packers, knowing how big the practice squad is, um, you know, and how how expanded it is now, they think that they're going to be able to sneak one of those guys on the practice squad, maybe two, and they can call guys up. Um, so I think the Packers keep a sixth out of one of those three of Rogers, Winfrey or Tory. Um, Malik Taylor Shadid actually got cut a couple days ago. I'm sorry. I'm just reading uh, chat in, in live time. Um, they did also sign Travis Fulgham, right. Who had a couple huge weeks for Philly, but I think he's late to the party. So my point wags being, there's a lot of guys that are competing for this back end roster spot. Um, so I'm going to give the nod to Amari, uh, excuse yeah, to Amari Rogers because of his special teams status right now and his returnability. Um, and I just think that the Packers stick with six because of needs across the, the rest of the roster. And then they hope the chips fall where they lie and they're able to stash somebody else on, spe- on uh, the practice squad that they're able to call up as needed. Yeah. And I, I, I think because of the punt return situation, it seems like Amari Rogers is going to be on the team as we were talking about earlier. I'm not sure um, if I agree with that, by the way, from a wide yeah. receiver only standpoint, like I think Winfrey seems to be the better wide receiver. I do too. I was just going to say that. And that's why I was saying seven, because I think as a receiver, and this isn't a good reason to keep seven players at the position to say, well, I'm not super comfortable with the first six. um, So we better keep seven. Like is the seventh guy really going to make or break? I, 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 so I understand where people would be like, really? I, I don't know about that. But if you're looking at just receiver, I would say Winfrey and, Honestly, I, I'm not sure that Ture hasn't shown a little bit. I like him a lot. Than, than Amari Rogers, yeah. at, strictly as a receiver as well. And so, you know, his drop last week notwithstanding, um, it seems like he's made some impact plays yeah. um, all throughout camp. So I, I it, it becomes a little bit dicey to me. And I, I, another factor, and I hate to say this, is – when you look at their top three receivers right now in Lazard and in Sammy Watkins and in uh, Randall Cobb, you don't have the best injury history. Right. Lazard's been pretty healthy been for good. the most part, but even he as a young receiver has missed stretches of time. And so that makes me a little bit nervous too. And so then it's like, okay, do we need to add a little bit of depth? You've got Christian Watson coming off injury by all accounts. He's had a couple of really nice, days of practice to, to as he's come become active but we don't really know if he's ready is he going to be ready to to help the team in the first half of the season we're not sure about that Romeo Dobbs we feel great about but he's a little inconsistent is he going to be able to go out there and give us a bunch of of snaps right off the bat we might have to you know um his inconsistencies be damned he might be one of the top guys that we have and he might have to go out there um, and then you've got Amari Rogers, who I don't have really all that much confidence in at all as a wide receiver. So I just get a little bit nervous if we go with six, even just one injury. And then you've got Amari Rogers as the other guy. And you've really only got four, four receivers that you're like, okay. And they're not exactly no offense to any of those guys, mm-hmm. but collectively, there's not a lot of teams over the around the NFL that would trade their wide receiver group for the one we have. That's just the facts, mm-hmm. folks. Like, that's just reality. I have confidence that we're going to go out there and be productive 
uh, in the past game over the course of the season. Uh, but as things stand today, I, I think it makes sense as a receiver. I, I feel more comfortable with Juwan Winfrey going out there and getting snaps uh, than even, you know, Watson might earn that over time. I hope he does. He better is a second round pick. But as of right now, I'd feel more comfortable with Juwan Winfrey out there than either uh, Christian Watson, Amari Rogers, um, or heck, even in some situations, um, you know, over uh, over a, a, a Dobbs because we're not sure what he's going to give us play to play. Does he know that whole playbook inside and out? Does he have that chemistry with Aaron Rodgers? We'll see. Uh, he can get open. He can get separation. I like what I've seen from him, but I'm just not sure that uh, those guys are as consistent or could be accounted on quite as much as someone like Juwan Winfrey can right now. I love this talk, Wags, because, you know, right now there's so many question marks with what's going on here. And so I'm going to present another question mark to you. Do you think that it's possible that the Packers add another veteran wide receiver at some point, um, you know, between now and say week two of camp? Um, I, I ask because somebody like an Odell Beckham still out there. Um, you know, there's there's other guys. There's other veterans that are out there. And folks, there's going to be a ton of guys getting cut, too from other rosters. Um, so there's a possibility that somebody that Goody or LaFleur is like, we got to go get this guy because we think that he fits what we do. So, I, I mean, it, would it be completely shocking if the Packers go out and add somebody? I just wouldn't be totally surprised. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I don't know who that is right I don't now. either. I don't have a name. Um, but We'll yeah. have to see. I mean, I think for them to do that, it has to be a clear upgrade because we've got young guys in the room that they're not going to part with. Right. Right. Um, so where's the upgrade or if there's an injury, then maybe you're a little bit more aggressive and going out and filling a need. So at some point that might just happen uh, out of necessity. Um, so, so we'll see. It gives them some options. I think that leaves room to one of the potential surprise cuts that neither of us see happening, but could free up the money, uh, could free up some money. And just looking at that defensive line, throwing Dean Lowry out there again, how many defensive linemen do they keep? Well, uh, it depends. And Dean Lowry probably is not a guy that's going to be on the Packers after this season. We've seen the front office do this all the time. They'll just cut part ways, surprisingly, at the end of camp before the se their final season, frees up a little bit of money that they can use to make one of those in-season acquisitions, knowing that they're in a good shape at that position group and they can move on a year early rather than just having someone that maybe isn't really in the in their plans and 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 they don't necessarily need on the roster to be productive. So um so yeah, I, I, there's a lot of moves that are yet to be made out there. I think another factor here with the number of receivers is how many offensive linemen do they need? Yes. Um what we don't know yet is obviously Jenkins and and Bach are going to be on the 53 man roster. They're not going to put them on the IR. Uh, they could go on a short-term IR, but to do that, they first have to be on the 53-man roster. Right. So might the Packers end up with 10, 11 offensive linemen on this 53 before they make some of those moves and shuffle some things around? That could happen as well. Um, so in a vacuum, it's not an easy thing to just say, well, they always keep this number of guys at this position group or that position group. Um, they might go thin at certain position groups that are a strength right now, figuring that they can just, you know, carry one or two guys on the practice squad and elevate them later as needed. 
um, looking at cornerback, looking at defensive mm-hmm. line, looking at inside linebacker. Um, those are some positions that maybe you go a little thinner than you would have, uh, knowing that you can stash some guys at those position groups and you should be fine for the first few weeks of the season. That's a good way to look at it. And I mean, talk about that defensive line. You talk about Lowry, but yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're deep there, but I mean, somebody like Jack Heflon and Chris Layton have both played incredibly well. I thought in different kinds of well too, which is, which is interesting. All the more reason somebody like Dean Lowry could potentially become expendable, not going to be here after this year. Very likely they like the upswing of one of these other young guys. So just something to keep an eye on legs. You're totally right. Yep, for sure. So um, Dane, any other guys or position groups that you wanted to really hone in on in terms of just projecting ahead or maybe a better way of putting it, who has the most to gain yet in this last week in your mind of, of guys that maybe we haven't talked about so far? Guys not named Adrian Amos or Darnell Savage at safety um, because of the injuries, right? There's been so many injuries to this safety group. I think there's been like five safeties that have been injured at some point here. Ennis Gaines got back uh, yesterday uh, for, for camp, which is huge for him because I think it's it's wide open uh, after the, the first couple. We're, we're all eyes around Vernon, uh, Vernon Scott right now. Safety, you got hurt in the last game. I'm really curious to see what that injury looks like. It sounds like it was a shoulder injury um, because, I mean, I think it's it's obvious, obviously, Adrian Amos and Savage are, are your starting safeties, um, but I think that uh, Davis, Sean Davis has played really well at safety. I think he's he's locked up a spot there as the, probably the third safety. But then if Vernon Scott's injury is serious um, or, or even partially serious, you know, part of the year, now we're looking at, you know, can Ennis Gaines get back? Can Abernathy, who came in off the street, was playing USFL, had that interception, had a nice tackle as well uh, in, in that game. Cross, who they just had, Devontae Cross, they just added. Um, uh, uh, Dallin, who the Packers brought in, who he's been injured as well. You know, I'm rattling off these names because I think that right now there's a little bit of musical chairs for that fourth safety spot. Carpenter, Tariq Carpenter, the sixth round pick, he's been hurt as well. So, you know, whoever can get back can be healthy enough and and maybe show a little bit more tape, I think could go win a roster spot. And that's a big deal at this stage in camp where I do think right now it's still up in the air who's going to own that spot. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's going to be interesting to see what they can do. The rules have changed a little bit with the practice squad this year as well. Um, the last couple of years, we know we've had an expanded practice squad with the the COVID rules, uh, which has been tremendously helpful uh, yeah. for the Packers and uh, teams across the NFL. So I think that's been positive and the Packers have utilized that uh, very well. Uh, one other thing that's changed is they can now keep six guys that have more than two years of service on the practice squad. There's no, you know, maximum number of years of service where previously um, there was service limitations uh, for the guys you could keep on the practice squad. So that was also a factor. Um, plus now we've got the ability to call up two extra guys on game day. I love that. Uh, uh, you know, so that gives, you know, so it's, it's a little unfair maybe for some of the players to be quite honest with you. I'm sure they're happy to have a job, however they can mm-hmm. get it. But some of these guys that maybe they'd be on the 53 man roster, but uh, knowing that they're more likely to be able to keep them on the practice squad, uh, they'll put over there and uh, they'll keep someone else that might have a little bit more, uh, be a little bit more of a name or a known quantity around the league. 
um, on the 53-man roster just to ensure that they're not losing uh, some of the depth at, at certain positions. So uh, that's that's a factor, I'm sure, in some of these decisions as well. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's 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 all gonna you know they always make surprises too with these cuts. And and mind you, Packers have to cut down by tomorrow down to eighty. I think we're that we're so we're gonna see a few of these guys aren't gonna be on the roster much longer, even by you know when folks are listening to this podcast. So just stay tuned because you know once August starts in Green Bay, a lot of news happens and it comes fast and furious at times. Yep, sure. So. Dean, I don't think we're going to be recording before Thursday. So since you did this to me last time, I'm going to ask you, who's your X factor of the week here uh, for uh, this preseason week three against the Chiefs? And uh, give me a score prediction. As no, I, uh, finish a out. score prediction? That's <laughs> yeah, just cruel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? We talked about it. Let's say Tyler Davis. Uh, all eyes are on Tyler Davis. They're going to give him some run again this week. Let's have him catch a touchdown and, and you know, lock that in um, and and kind of shake some of the, the the ill will that some Packer fans have thrown at him off. You know, it's I'd love just, to see that. It's just going to confuse all of the reactionary Packer fans out there. But go ahead. I'm, I'm on board with that. That's Let's fine. do it. It's fine. <laughs> all um, right. And then uh, I'm going to say 24 to 21 Packers beat the Chiefs. Okay. I'm How's sure. that feel? Try that on for size. Wes. It sounds fine. I actually, I'd rather you pick the Packers to lose in preseason. So then we can have the veil of objectivity since we've never score. We never pick them to lose in a regular season. So we may as well get a couple of those out of the way. If, so if we played the Ravens in the preseason, I would pick the Ravens because uh, I yeah, guess fair. they haven't lost in like that's, 10 years or something. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Who you got? Who's your X factor on, on Packers offense? Uh, I'm going to go with Innis Gaines. I'm going to pick oh, a safety. Uh, I'm going to show some love to one of our, uh, our former him. guests as well. You said it. We, we need, we need uh, a little clarity at the safety position. So uh, I'm going to say he gets an interception. Uh, oh, I and, love uh, this prediction. This and, is good. So man. we're going to, we're going to run with that. And uh, uh, perhaps that gives him an inside track locked down an initial 53-man roster spot. I love it, um, Steve. Folks, so, did you expect uh, predictions, score predictions of a preseason game? Because I'm thinking we're probably the only Packer podcast that does that. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think so. <laughs> 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 and I think we probably better sign off at this point. So, um, folks, as always, thanks for listening along. Really appreciate all of the questions and feedback and chat tonight. As always, be legendary and go Pack Go! Pack go. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't the best sport, and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will say.